Men, what if we could do life better? What if we were more resilient and more confident? What if we got our priorities sorted and stuck to them? The world needs strong men. The Whole Man Academy podcast, hosted by life coach Anthony Asprey, that's me, is here to help you become the best version of yourself and make the most of your life at work and at play. Each week, myself and the Whole Man Academy team will be talking to inspiring people from all walks of life whose stories and strategies will empower you to become a better man. Let's get the conversation going, let's get men talking, and let's do life better. Hopefully you just heard something saying, this is now being recorded. <laughs> All right, well, uh, hello, a very warm welcome to the Whole Man Academy podcast, whether you're uh, listening to this uh, via wherever you get your podcasts or watching it on YouTube. Um, my name is Robin Swithenbank. I am, uh, well, I'm here in my uh, home office, which is, uh, I suspect we could say, scarcely, scarcely soundproofed. I'm delighted to be with you. A very warm welcome wherever you are. Uh, today, I am joined by Mr. Robin Ferris. And Robin, before we get uh, cracking, I just want to uh, explain briefly for the benefit of our audience uh, who you are and what you do. So Robin is the founder of Banquet. And Robin, I hope I've got this right. This is an online tool and it makes it easier for people to give to food banks. And over the last couple of years, Robin has been working feverishly to turn the gem uh, the germ of an idea into a thriving enterprise. Uh, during the coronavirus pandemic and this period of lockdown, Banquet has rapidly expanded in order to support the vulnerable, many of whom are now trapped at home and struggling to get the provisions they need with food bank operations greatly reduced because of the crisis. Robin's story is not just one of compassion and determination, it's also one of personal transformation and of a journey that in double quick time has changed his life. Uh, so, Robin, uh, great name, by the way. Uh, welcome to the Whole Man Academy podcast. Uh, first of all, uh, how, where are you? How are you on this uh, gloriously sunny lockdown Saturday? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, firstly, thank you, Robin, for having me on. I'm a big fan of the Whole Man Academy and everything uh, that you guys do. I've been to some of your, to your events in London and actually love what you're about. So it's my privilege to, um, to be on this today. So thank you. Um, so, yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of Banquet. Banquet is the first ever um, zero waste donation platform. We enable you to donate food to people at the click of a button. Our vision is to get food banks what they need and to make it easier for you to give. I'm sitting here on uh, UK lockdown in Hackney on the glorious sunny day, um, behaving myself and staying in all day. So. Well done, well done. Um, so listen, uh, give us a quick bit of um, uh, background to you. Now, as I just said, you started uh, thinking about this, I believe, a couple of years ago. Um, so you haven't spent your whole life uh, building Banquet. Uh, who, uh, what have you been up to in the last... Uh, well, you're nearly 40, aren't you? I'm actually 40 on Monday. Thank you for pointing 40 out. 40 on Monday. Happy birthday. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, so largely, my entire career has been... I've been lucky enough to spend it uh, within the entertainment industry. So I spent the best part of a decade working in the music industry and then in film and TV. So I'm very passionate about, about music. So when I left university, moved to London, that was really the career goal. And I was lucky enough to work for some of the biggest companies in the world. So um, if you roll back perhaps 15 years ago, um, working in music, as I'm sure everyone listening to this knows, you don't mean, need me to tell you about the transformation from you know, CDs to streaming. Um, between 2006 to 2009, 
I was privileged enough to work for probably one of the most famous and pioneering record labels, which was Island Records. So in that period, it was around when Amy Winehouse uh, broke. Um, my job went from selling CDs to figuring out uh, that now global platform called um, Spotify. Mm. So, and then I look, used to look after Napster, um, and then you, you don't need me to tell you about Apple Music and that whole transformation. And then later on in, in film, that was the fall of a giant like blockbuster, but the rise of an... the business, us actually selling Top Gear DVDs to people and the other end of the organization, the innovation and world-class digital transformation of platforms like the iPlayer. So really coming into this, I am not a tech person per se, although I'm a tech CEO now. It's more me sort of looking at consumer tech and how that has changed perhaps my own experiences within those businesses, within entertainment, and then now applying that to this sector. So I recall, you know, 10 years ago, sending a, or more than 10 years ago, sending a CD to a small uh, book retailer called Amazon, which was starting to move into selling music online. And then, you know, the whole pre-or culture, you'd have sold thousands of CDs before it's been released, and then now digital. So my entire professional career, really, every job that I've had has involved being exposed to some element of digital transformation. Which of course has proved to be very useful. Uh, tell us a bit more about Banquet then and how the idea came to you in the first place. So yeah, as I mentioned, I live in uh, South Hackney, just lucky to live by uh, Victoria Park. So roll back to 2018, some friends and I saw the headlines about rising food poverty and rising food bank use in the UK and then realised actually that these headlines were right on our, our doorstep. You know, in the borough of Tower of Hamlets in, in Hackney. It's got the right, highest ever um, child poverty rate in the country. Um, more people using food banks than ever before, and I was determined to do uh, something about it. So some friends and I set up a collection point at Co-op on Hackney Road. Hello to Zara, probably not listening. But um, it's basically a, a reproach of like, right, what am I actually doing? And we'll get onto this of like, you know, slaptivist to activist. I want to change the world, but can't really be bothered. So, so I actually know what I'm going to, to respond. So I was working at a different company at the time, but it woke, uh, went into a shop one day and said, can we set up a donation point to help? And whilst doing that, I had the, the light bulb moment that every entrepreneur talks about of, you know, why isn't there an online food bank? Why isn't there an easy way for me to donate food to the to, to people that need it? And in, in many respects, it, it is extraordinary that there, there wasn't such a tool beforehand. Did you actually get to a point of establishing why, or was it simply that no one had bothered? I think in the UK, it's, it's, it's a complex issue in the UK with food banks, as I'm sure you're aware. So if we take a step back for a second, you know, 10 years ago, there were, no, there were only a couple of hundred food banks in the UK. Now there are more food banks than McDonald's in the UK, over 2,000. In the context of COVID, you know, food banks are seeing unprecedented um, demand. You know, food banks are seeing a 300% increase in people using in a matter of weeks. What will happen in 10 years? You know, will more people be using food banks than ever before? Sadly, I would think so. And so me sort of coming in this is like the food banks themselves, although they do some incredible work, I think it's probably been a case of actually no one's ever thought to optimize them or apply technologies because we no one really thought that they would perhaps exist 
that should exist and might ex not shouldn't really be happening and might not be around for very long. So then my observation applying consumer tech is, you know, why are we not, you know, 10 years ago, your shopping habits were X, Y, Z. You probably didn't bank online. You probably didn't shop online. That has changed massively in 10 years. I'm coming at it from the entertainment perspective. Obviously, you can listen to music at the click of a button. So therefore, applying that to say, well, it has, probably hasn't happened because people didn't think that food banks would be around for very long. But actually, they've now become sadly part of, part of the DNA of the country. Yes, which, which is tragic in itself. But just um, going back a little bit then. So um, uh, in 2018, you've recognised that there is uh, a, a gap in the market, I suppose you might say, if you were being purely entrepreneurial about it. But um, it strikes me that there was, uh, there was more to it than that for you. That, that this, isn't, uh, this isn't the first gap that a lot of people would think to plug, clearly, that, and there hadn't been one up until that point. So what was it really that, that motivated you to leave there we say the fairly glamorous confines of the music and film world and move into the the world of I think uh, which had a better word but the world of poverty yeah it's more that um slack to activist thing I think of really thinking okay I've been blessed with this almost amazing CV of working for all these companies and really my posture of walking to that co-op that day was a positive proactive response to a really horrible problem just the hunch that really if given an easy way to do something a lot of people may want to help if you think of all the consumer tech you anyone listening to this either uses or is aware of you know monzo airbnb uber you can do things with a click of a button and i kind of thought well, why why can you not do that for a food bank there are huge problems that food banks face been spent you know 18 months volunteering in a food bank where food banks get donated, you know, years worth of pasta and baked beans, then they don't get the things that they want. So Banquet being the first ever zero waste donation platform means that similar perhaps to your own wedding or your friend's wedding, you have a John Lewis gift, gift list, don't you? you go along, you buy what your friends want and it gets delivered when they want. So Banquet is essentially saying, well, why can't we solve that problem? Why can't we, why isn't there a way that you can do that? So it was, it wasn't really, I think it's more starting with like any entrepreneur, I think, and myself on this growth journey that you've mentioned probably starts off with, you know, what is the problem I'm trying to solve? So why can't I give food to a food bank at the click of a button? Why are food banks then, why are food banks not getting the items they want when they need them? And so Banquet really conceptually sits in that gap of we are providing a connection between at one end people will have the means to, to donate. Perhaps, you know, people listening to this are probably in the category of donors. You know, you probably find yourself in the position where you have the means to give and you, and you want to. And at the other end of the, you know, the, the cycle, you've got those who need food and, and want to get it. And really you've got the food banks in the middle that provide that service and banquet, you know, the strategy in one word, I suppose, and this is what I see technology delivering is connection. So you sort of transpose an existing model that we're all actually very familiar with uh, and into an area where there was a desperate need for it. Yeah, absolutely. Before, before COVID, food banks were, were struggling. You know, I said 10 years ago, there are only a couple of hundred. Now there are a couple of thousand. You know, there are some stats published by the Food Foundation three weeks ago that over three million people have gone hungry for over a day because of lockdown. 
the, the problem was bad at the beginning of the year. Now the state of emergency has gone into a state of, of crisis. Banquet has always been a good idea. You know, getting food banks what they need when they need it, and they were you to click a button. Now it finds itself in the eye of the storm, where actually, arguably, it is the safest way to donate to someone. You don't need to leave your house to do it. As an entire generation, an entire country has been sent home to self-isolate, you can still help people from where you are right now. Taking COVID and lockdown out of the equation for a moment, going back to 2018 when you founded the business, did it, was it an overnight sensation or has it been a bit of a slow burn to this point? It's been very much a slow burn. The vision and mission has remained exactly the same. We're you know, a social impact business. Our intention is to essentially serve food banks and, and provide them with resources to back their work. Um, we started off very slowly. We ran our first pilot only in July 2019 with one food bank here in London. So Dan Thriff and the team there have been incredible about um, helping us pilot, helping us apply user-centric design, really spending time with the people that actually need to use what we're doing. There have been lots of different iterations along the way, lots of mistakes, lots of learnings. You can throw in lots of uh, startup buzzwords, you know, prototypes, pilots, MVPs. We've, we've taken lots of steps very quickly, but they've all been strategic. We've been very, very focused on what we're hoping and are now are achieving. And without wanting to bring serendipity into it too much, it sounds as if you had a good sort of nine month run up to iron out a number of the problems uh, before the service became as essential as it has now become. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wrote a pitch deck about two years ago. It was post Glenfell, um, which everyone is aware of here in London. And someone actually sadly that I met last year, he was affected by Glenfell. He lived in Glenfell Tower, him and his family, they were all safe now. But his reflection at the time was that in a season of crisis, and this is certainly what we've seen in our numbers, that people want to help, people want to donate. So his observation was that mm. families got given loads and loads of food for Glenfell. Kind people wanted to help. You probably recall, if you dial back, you know, bottles of water being yeah. put on the side, loads of people would give. His observation was actually what you would need in that scenario is like a just-in-time model. You know, the Toyota car manufacturers, you know, without wanting to have ideas above my station, you know, the business practices of just-in-time, getting things when they're needed. His observation at that time was actually what would be really useful is if we just had food delivered at the time we needed it rather than weeks worth of food that then eventually went out of going day. Mm -hmm. So I put a pitch deck of like, okay, here's the vision of Banquet, which was then called the Online Food Bank. Uh, the idea was therefore, okay, pitch deck, page three, bullet point five, if we ever found ourselves in a state of national emergency, Banquet may be able to help with its just-in-time model. Wow. So clearly, clearly, none of us ever expected um, COVID to happen. Um, but also that applying that learning of like a crisis in London on my doorstep, thinking, okay, the vision of Banquet, getting food banks what they need when they need it, and giving you one button to press means it's, that's, that's, you know, that's the meaning behind the whole zero waste thing. We're not overshipping, we're not undershipping, we're not giving them things they don't want. Um, you know, it's things like that which are almost, in terms of timing, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. You know, any, anyone who runs, anyone who has founded an organisation or leads a business will know that you know, timing is key, isn't it, in anything, in anything you're doing, any product launch, any marketing strategy, any business 
come into fruition, it's all about timing. And so Banquet finds itself in the eye of the storm. We're a small startup. We've done enough to know what needs to happen. We're small enough to be agile, to be able to change, to be able to pivot. And, you know, when it came to that, you said, you know, that nine month run up, it's almost like we had the relationships in place. You know, we had some processes in place, but not so rigid that we couldn't move. We knew really what would happen. Clearly coming into this year, we thought, you know, let's now scale. What might Q1 look like? You know, for the globe, Q1 has <laughs> been chaos, hasn't it? No one, no one knew what was going to happen. Our business plan this year was we're going to scale up business. You know, we're going to scale up the business. And then when it, when March hit, like the rest of the world, we, you know, we reacted in the best way that, that we could. And you talk about a business. So uh, Banquet is a business or a charity or what is it exactly? Banquet is a, a business or a limited company that was by virtue of me sort of having the idea and thinking, right, what is the quickest way that we can get uh, this moving? As I mentioned, my entire professional career has been working for companies. It's very much a case of me applying that knowledge, staying in our lane and you know, making the best impact that we can. Um, last month, we were very kindly listed an article about 19 wonderful responses to business responses to COVID are listed and we were listed alongside, unbelievably, um, Ocado, Brewdog and the B Corp mm. uh, movement, which I'm sure you're aware of about you know, business being force for good, tech for good. I mean, it's really like the, the sole purpose of Banquet if, uh, is to serve feedbacks. So we are a tech startup focused on that. Mm. Where did the name come from? Okay, the name came, interesting question. So originally it was uh, Online Food Bank. So my, you know, the, the light bulb moment, why isn't there an online food bank? Well, now there is, and it's called Banquet. In my heart, I had this, you know, the correct spelling of Banquet, uh, you know, almost a heart of uh, what happens around a table, what happens around food is a banquet, there's a spirit of generosity to be captured from uh, donors. Uh, but really, actually, banquet, banquet wouldn't be potentially appropriate for the arena in which we find ourselves. So, you know, potentially, banquet, middle classy, let's all have a party together. That's not really what happens in a food bank. So, we changed changed the spelling slightly because we're a tech startup and we're allowed to do that. <laughs> really, around the heart behind it was, you know, what really happens when food is there. There's a redemptive beautiful experience that actually happens in a food bank and food is only part of that. You know, anyone listening in this, what happens when you eat food? You are with your friends and family, your loved ones, there's community, there's life, all of those things. So really Banquet is trying to, 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 to make that sort of transformative culture, acknowledging the role that food actually um, plays in that. Sort of the nourishing element, isn't it? That it's, it's not just food for the body, it's food for the soul and for the heart and for the mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you said that July 19 was the, the first uh, partnership that you built with a food bank. Uh, how many do you have now? Yeah, so the first one was in July with Wandsworth Food Bank. We started off very small, testing our ideas, piloting it. By the end of the year, we had 10 food banks. So last year, we had 15,000 zero-waste items donated, and that's an, an, a, enough to feed just over 500 people. We were, we were celebrating in January that we'd had such an impact and it was um, amazing. We came into February this year with a little under um, 20 food banks on the system. 
And then now <laughs> COVID happened, we've now supported over 100 food banks. We have gone from 20 to 100 in, in six weeks. And the impact, the social impact is what, you know, our KPIs are as a business. We had over nearly 100,000 items donated in March. And that means we had enough food delivered to feed over 3,000 people. Fantastic. We've had food bank contacting us almost every day. Uh, this month we've launched a food bank, had a food bank join us every single day. We'll be ramping that up over the next uh, coming weeks and months so we can help more people. Incredible. It's an absolutely extraordinary story, uh, you know, hugely inspiring and sort of sit here and, uh, and, and marvel really at what you've achieved in such a small space of time. What, one, of, one of the sort of miraculous things about it is clearly how quickly the model can be rolled out. If you're adding one a day, I mean, I assume you have some sort of admin team behind you. You're not doing it all from your, from your flat in, in, in South Hackney. But uh, uh, is that the case? Is it, is it now a, a pretty watertight model that you can simply replicate again and again and again? Uh, yeah, in some ways, I mean, that's changed. What's, my posture in this has always been one of thanks for all the people that have been helping us. You know, not, over, not only has it been overwhelming with the amount of donations we've received. So in March, donations were up 5,000% month on month. I had to change my inbox in March. We were receiving donations every single minute. Wow. So um, in February, there's one official volunteer for Banquet and some advisors behind the scenes, largely me doing everything. And then uh, now I'm blessed with over 100 volunteers and I'm building out operations uh, very, very quickly. So it's largely, you know, when you're the CEO of a startup, your job title is actually Chief Everything Officer. And now I'm transitioning to be a CEO, which is Chief Executive Officer. So in terms of your comments at the beginning about a personal journey, that's a rapid growth curve for me as well. So now I have, we have some incredible people that have volunteered for us. Uh, it's an abundance of talent. It's just um, an overwhelming position to be in. I'm really thankful that, you know, cometh the hour, people have just stepped forward in so many ways to help. It's been mind-blowing. So, that, you know, the vision and the missions remains exactly the same. And now I find myself in a position where there's so many people, that hunch was right, okay, I've got a hunch that other people want to jump on this. And now, and now we're seeing, it, you know, things changing every day. There've clearly been many rewards along the way, but I, I'm, I'm intrigued also to know what challenges you have faced and, and have had to overcome perhaps, or are still trying to overcome. Yeah, we've faced some, some huge challenges. I suppose like everybody in March when it happened, it was almost in a blink of an eye, I find myself having to take action immediately. So when you're running a startup, it's very, you know, I'm a very creative and strategic thinker. There's always ideas coming out. There's always the new thing you can try. You can try this. I found myself in a matter of days having to go from ideas to execution. You know, if, 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 if um, last year Banquet ran a successful pilot, you know, we kind of knew what we needed to do. This year really was about executing that. And it's almost accelerating that. So my own uh, capacity to do that with a lot of help from other people as well is almost like, right, we know what this is, let's go. We hit the target last year in terms of proving the market or the concept. This year was about, right, we've got to execute this. Um, when you're, I suppose for us, it was about, we are small enough to be agile. And my immediate challenge was um, everything, the chief everything officer, everything in Banquet was largely me doing it understandably um, I've been doing it full-time only for a couple of months so literally every touch point within the business was me from the big strategic things to 
writing a post on Instagram to doing a spreadsheet to keying an order to be delivered. So my immediate response, which um, to it was, I need to get people in quickly and get things off of me so we can scale rapidly so I can download some of my knowledge and get stuff off of me and then create like a, you know, a, a crack team. So we've got the volunteer surge team. We've got a couple of freelancers that have come in. So across core areas of the business, it's, I'm clearly involved in a lot of things, obviously ongoing, but the posture is like, right, this needs to stop everything going through me. We need to scale up quickly. How do we resource that? So that was the first sort of response was like, right, we know what to do. How do we do it? Can't be me doing everything. And then the sort of main challenge now is, I have an unbelievable amount of resource available. So in, in February, I had, had some brilliant volunteers helping me along the way, but they're people that have full-time jobs and are giving me you know, a few hours a week, which is brilliant, but clearly we need, we now we need more resource. So huge challenge now is we have an unbelievably long task list of things to do. In certain elements, I know what we need to execute and how we're going to do it. On the other side, I've got an abundance of talent, you know, a hundredth volunteer signed up this week. And when I, in, in that pool of people, you've got people from former directors of large companies and COOs through to people who are younger, less experienced and just want to help. So now the challenge is matching all of these tasks, you know, that need to happen right now, but also thinking medium and long term, how can we do that? You know, the buzz throws that's been kicked about is, you know, trying to change the wheels on the car whilst it is going down the motorway at 100 miles an hour. That's what it is in Hurricane Bank Banquet right now. You know, the impact is, you know, if, if excellence is doing simple things well, we're just trying to do that. It's low hanging fruit, it's stuff that needs to be done every single day. But how do we establish the core processes and elements that are going to carry us forward for the next three months? And what does it look like in six months? I mean, like, the rest of the world and everyone listening you know it's difficult to forecast what next week looks like isn't it mm -hmm. but we're just trying to fly doing the best that we can and and people around me have come in and are doing an incredible job have you I mean, you've clearly got a huge amount of drive for this have you surprised yourself perhaps in how much drive you had for it and how much motivation you found to solve these challenges I mean, to build the thing in the first place but that now in this current hurricane situation as you've just described it uh to, to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and driving this thing forward yeah i mean i think in this i think when you run a startup it's a personal uh development program disguised as starting a business so yes it's about business but it's also about your personal um, capacity and growth along this journey I've learned so much. I haven't been more motivated and driven, I don't think, in years. Um, when I started off on this journey, it was one of like, you know, stepping out and courage, taking that first step. So step into the unknown, you know, I can talk you through my CV if you like, you know, I've worked through some big companies as we all have and I've had some amazing experiences. I thought you don't need a job at the moment, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, it's, well, hopefully or unhopefully, well, sadly or whatever, this will be my job for the foreseeable, I think. But mm. it's in terms of um, yeah, capacity, I just felt like all the stars aligned, I suppose. All the things I sort of dreamt of, put in a business plan, knew that Bank, bank would be capable of one day, that accelerated, that process has been accelerated massively. Mm. You know, Banquet has probably, is where I thought it might be in 18 months or maybe even two years time within the space of, of six weeks. Mm. So it's, it, it's been a huge learning 
it's been exhilarating, overwhelming, exhausting. I've never um, worked as hard, but I've never felt almost alive. Mm. Well, I mean, clearly, or hopefully, I should say, you feel massively rewarded uh, and satisfied by it, albeit I appreciate there's a sort of slightly, there's, a, there's an awkward tension, isn't there, when you're working in the, what essentially is, is the charitable or the volunteer sector in order to try and solve a, a, a significant problem such as um, hunger and poverty. Um, but uh, to, to have seen such extraordinary success in relatively what is a very short period of time, I hope for you, gives you a sense of wow, I, I'm, I'm quite proud of what I've achieved. Uh, it can be difficult for us, maybe as Brits or as men, I don't know, but it can be quite difficult for us to look at a, a something we've done and say, I'm really proud of that. But I hope you do feel proud. I know it's, you know, it's very kind. And, you know, you personally have been, you know, a supporter on, on, the, on the way as well. So, you know, thank you to you and many others who backed me when this was just an idea in my head. And it's the transition from that to now is, is remarkable. And some senses as you touched on miraculous you know and i haven't really had a chance to <laughs> catch my breath there have been big milestones almost every week you know we've gone from 20 food banks to 20 we've just shipped our first order with morrison's that was something that we've been trying to execute for 18 months we've been you know if banker was ever going to scale and ever be able to help every food bank in the country which is still the ambition and who knows how quickly we'll do that but that's that's top of the list, you know, we want to get every food bank in the country on board so we can help more people. To do that, we need a, a, a mighty, uh, you know, partner to do that. Morrison's are working with us. That's happened within two weeks. I've Phenomenal. been trying to nail that in for eight months. You know, we've got some conversations in the background, lots of people, but the Morrison's deal is, 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 is happening uh, right now. And so I I feel like sort of a moment to say thank you to Morrison's because I think for, for all of us who are experiencing lockdown at the moment and who are uh, technically only allowed out to exercise and to go and uh, buy this, the, the provisions that we need to keep ourselves uh, in good health, the supermarkets have done a remarkable job of, uh, of staying open and uh, keeping their their shelves stocked and clearly at the same time also considering how they can help the vulnerable, which uh, should be celebrated. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... The, the spirit of banquet has always been one of collaboration. You know, we really think if anything, really you want to go and make a huge impact, it's going to require lots of different parties um, to, to, to work together. It all hinges on the generosity of donors ultimately, of, you know, thousands of people wanting to help. That was always the hunch, you know, I think people do want to help. And it's overwhelming seeing those, those donations come in. And I think there's a role for business to help as well. You know, when you look, you know, when I think the other side of COVID, you'll see the good guys and the bad guys, you know, who those that stepped forward and wanted to help and I probably sh shouldn't mention them on here, but we've had massive companies get in touch with us wanting to donate. And we facilitated that via our network. And then when I say donate, I mean donate hundreds of thousands of products to people that need it. Mm. They don't want to mention, they don't want to be credited. They just see it. And you know, I've seen this happen. There's daily things that are happening which are quite remarkable. And I suppose, you know, banquets sitting here in the middle. Part of me always thought this was possible. You know, I'm crazy. when you start something, you have to be crazy enough to think that, that there's legs for your idea and, and, and the strategy is correct. No one ever obviously thought COVID would happen. But banquet now finds itself in this unique position where we can help and are helping thousands of people. And it's the real privilege to be sitting here doing this 
you know, the better banquet becomes, the more people we help. That's what drives me, right? Everything we do, the drive and the relentlessness of my character and behavior is probably made for this moment. The determination of like, well, I will keep going because the better banquet becomes, the more people we help. And it's changing literally by the hour. Let's circle back then, in which case, because two years ago when you first had this idea, your life was obviously really quite different. You were, I, th I hope it's fair to say, a, a smaller cog in a, in a much larger organisation in an even bigger industry. Um, describe to us the sort of transformation that has happened in your life personally over the course of the last two years and how, how your, your soul, your spirit, your mind, your, your, your emotions have responded to um, the, the transformation that you've been through. Yeah, so as we um, pointed out at the beginning of the call, I turned 40 uh, on Monday, supposed to have my birthday party this evening, which has sadly been cancelled because of lockdown. Um, so yeah, running back a few years, I suppose, you know, long history of working in the entertainment industry, as you've touched on, perceived glamour and very much had a fun time, you know, came out of university, went to, to, to move to London, worked in the entertainment industry in your 20s. And for me personally, there couldn't have been you know, a better job for me. You're going to, as a music lover, working at a record label where everyone is equally obsessed with it. You know, you're going to gigs every, every feels like every night of the week, there's a party, it's fun, you know, uh, you know, working in a, a huge label where you know, the world famous artists that you're exposed to and it's a high, high caliber machine that you're part of. Yes, you might be a small uh, cog in it, but it's remarkable seeing those things happen. Same in film, you know, you touched on it, perceived glamour, you know, going to all these things. And that's fun, I think, in your 20s. And for me, that was very much the case. But then I think when you get a bit older, maybe this is a transition of perhaps you're doing a job that's a bit more senior and it becomes less about maybe the lifestyle, more about, you know, the, the, the numbers and the business function and everything. And I think anyone who's worked in the creative sector will have you know, a view on this probably about maybe some of the underlying anxiety of it, of it's fun in your 20s and your 30s. You know, I have, I have bills to pay like, like everyone does. And you sort of think, wow, constantly changing landscape brings with it perhaps a bit of anxiety. Like, oh gosh, you know, what's going to happen? When's the next naps are going to fail on the next spotify it's, it's 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 exciting but you know if you're listening to this and you've worked in the creative industries you know as an executive or as an artist there's always this element of, of uncertainty so it's both exciting and terrifying so i suppose in my 30s there's a little bit of that I'm like okay you know i loved music i still do but it's probably within me looking for that next step and really i wasn't quite sure of what that might be you know, five years ago, I'd have been, you know, I've killed someone to get back in working in a record label and the buzz of it. And part of me misses that, you know, but then also I think, you know, that's almost a chapter that I'm very thankful for and had ended. Um, and I was looking really for something more, you know, I touched on the, the slacktivist to activist thing. It was almost all of these things, the perfect storm of like, okay, you know, why isn't there an online food bank? You know, now there is, and it's banquet, you know, in my, as the more I go down this journey, I realize and look back that all of the jobs that I was given, all of the doors that have opened, have all really started to come into fruition for this. For example, I've worked with pretty much every retail or retail platform that there is. You know, I've, I've, I've spoken to Amazon, eBay, HMV, grocers, wholesales, independents. 
so I have a relatively articulate view on the retail landscape in this country. Fast forward to Banquet, I'm now negotiating with some of the biggest companies and the grocers in the country, and we are essentially an e-commerce launch platform. So at the very beginning of the journey, it was like, okay, gosh, I've never run a startup before. What am I doing? I'm working. I'm a guy in my late 30s. All my friends are directors of companies. They're married with kids. I'm starting off on this journey and I feel, you know, a bit of an imposter, but also, you know, potentially you could look like a bit of an idiot on this, you know, what am I doing? But then now you kind of think back and, you know, <laughs> I'm so glad that I did step out and take that first step of courage. And I never thought we'd be in the situation we are now, clearly. But as it goes, I see a lot of my professional experience come to play. And there is that stuff, I guess, when you're a bit older. Uh, at the very beginning of this, I was on a startup program in the beginning of last year. I was sort of stepping out thinking, my goodness, I'm in my late 20s. What am I doing? Should I just, should I just go and get a real job at a, a film studio again? Or should I do this? And then as I, as I have grown in this, in my own development, I've realised that actually being a bit older does enable me to have a bit, to pull on professional experience, to pull in some of the relationships I have and the know-how. You know, no doubt I will have continued to make lots of mistakes and I've certainly made a lot on, on the way already. But it's, it, there is a, an element of um, experience that I can, can bring to this too. Mm. And where, where was your confidence in, in yourself and in your abilities and in your, your usefulness perhaps a couple of years ago? And how has your confidence ebbed and flowed during the course of this last two years? I suppose my confidence um, was sort of medium to high in some ways. As I sort of mentioned, I was probably on that cycle of, you know, as unbelievable as it sounds, possibly a bit bored of working for some of these perceived to be glamour, glamorous companies. Was a little bit maybe tainted by it all, sort of possibly a bit fed up, wasn't quite sure what the next step was. And so really thanks to my, you know, friends and families and a few friends in particular, finding that courage of wanting to to step out and try something. You know, a good friend of mine said, you know, the first sort of step is is trying something. You've got to take one step to start off with. You know, it's calculated risk in some senses but it was almost coming off the back of that, that inner confidence and, you know, drive to try and, to try and make some change happen. That's incredible. I, one starts to wonder then what happens next. You've already talked about the fact that this is probably your job for the foreseeable. And it sounds like you have, dare I say, a fairly bleak view of the, of the need for food banks in the, in the next five, 10, 15, even 25 years. What, what's the vision for, for the business and also for you in it over the, over the next period? Yeah, so sadly, I mean, it's difficult for anyone to give an articulate view across the global economy, isn't it? And, but I sort of see, sadly, the use for food banks increasing. You know, some that we're talking to in London have seen an increase in use of hundreds of percent in a matter of, of weeks. You know, you think, you know, a, many people have furloughed, there's a higher rate of job insecurity in the UK, possibly than ever before. You look forward and think, when's a, when's a recession going to hit? Probably possibly in July. People, freelancers, those are part-time work, those that run small companies, you know, may sadly not exist. You know, and it's it's a strange place emotionally to be in when friends who run these businesses have had to make horrible decisions. And I find myself here with like more people running at me than I know how to manage. And I think, you know, that the 
vision for banquet remains the same, the strategy remains the same, you know, we get food banks what they need when they need it, we'll be onboarding more food banks over the coming quarter throughout the year, we will be scaling up, we will be growing and we'll be trying to help. So in some ways, staying in our lane, doing exactly as we intended. Um, the quicker we do that, the more people we can help, you know. Uh, it's a strange position to be in doing what I'm doing, I suppose, you know, it's, it's a business that really shouldn't exist, um, but it does. And I think sadly it will be for many years to come. Mm. Me within that, um, I'm happy to, to serve behind the vision for as long as required. It's a very different uh, world for everyone, isn't it? As long as I'm the man for the job, I'm content, happy to continue doing this. You were building out the team and we're growing rapidly. Who knows what will happen in the next six months? And ultimately, this is a global problem. You know, we've started this one in the UK. It's the world's first service of its kind. But you look above, you know, there are many other territories that might be able to benefit from what we've essentially piloted here. And on that note, I mean, it would be remiss of me not to ask you on behalf of uh, people listening to this or, or watching this who, who will, I'm sure, have been very moved and very motivated by your story and indeed by uh, Banquet. Uh, clearly, you're building an army of volunteers, um, but then there will be many who, who, as you say, would just like to be able to click and, and make a donation. Uh, so how can people help? How can people get involved? Yes, there are three ways that you can help. So number one, obviously, is to donate. So if you go to www.banquet.co.uk, so that's B-A-N-K-U-E-T, you can then click on a food bank of your choice and you can buy a monthly bundle of food or um, just make a one-off donation. So that's 10, 20, 50 or 100 quid. Banquet takes that money, buys the food the food bank needs, delivers it when they want. So it's banquet.co.uk. The second thing you can do, we're inviting people families, friends, companies, organizations to club together to run a crowdsourcing campaign. So that means that a bunch of you together could all raise some funds for a particular food bank of your choosing or many, and then that will have a huge impact. The team will then feed back to you about what you've done. And the third one would be to, you know, to tell all your friends and family on all the social media channels that you'd expect. Um, and also if your local food bank needs help, then we'd be delighted to help them if we can. Incredible. Robin, it's been quite extraordinary listening to your story, uh, both uh, in terms of Banquet and what it's uh, doing and achieving, and congratulations on all of that, but also to hear uh, how it has uh, impacted you and your life and, and uh, to hear more of your personal journey, which is very much central to the success of Banquet. So, uh, mate, well done. Uh, fantastic. Keep up the hard work. Conscious that even though it's a Saturday, I'm probably taking up a very valuable time of yours, whether it's, uh, in fact, getting some rest, which I suspect you need more of now than ever before. So uh, thank you. Let's, uh, let's leave it there. Uh, rest well, uh, work hard, um, and um, you know, let us know if there's uh, anything we can do to help because uh, it's an incredible story and uh, uh, never, never needed more now than, than ever before, as you say. So uh, well done. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me on. It's my, my pleasure to be here. Very good. Nice pause at the end there to... Uh... Thanks for listening to the Whole Man Academy podcast. Now, are you receiving our weekly emails? If not, you're missing out. Our Whole Man Academy weekly email is changing the game for men around the world using cutting-edge psychology, game-changing thinking strategies, and inspiring tips and stories from people you should have heard of but likely never have. So if you want to live more, be more, and experience more, 
go and sign up, visit wholemanacademy.com forward slash movement.